Hey guys, it's Derek. We're back on the podcast. And this week, Ash and I are sitting down to discuss how long it should take to see results. This is a question that everyone asks when entering into any kind of fitness program or nutrition coaching. And it's something that needs to be addressed so that people can set realistic expectations for themselves when entering into these programs. We all need to understand what's appropriate, what's realistic, what's sustainable, what we can be consistent in. That way we can move toward our fitness goals and engage in those habits and behaviors across our lifetime as opposed to engaging in super restrictive, unrealistic habits and behaviors that lead us into a bad place mentally, poor relationships with food, and ultimately those yo-yo cycles that you see with both nutrition and fitness. So without further ado, let's get into the podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to Ballistic Performance Radio. This is episode number 68, and I'm here once again with Ash. She was kind enough to let me back on the show, so I am back in the booth, so to speak. And, I was going to uh, say, let us know who did the intro better. All right, everyone, we're back. As she <laughs> just said that and was impersonating me, her mouth made this really <laughs> weird shape, and you could tell she was... Uh, being rude <laughs> but it's okay uh anyway we're back uh this week we'll give you the usual life updates ballistic updates and then we'll hop into our conversation which i'm excited to talk about and i think is a hot hot button subject anytime hot you're talking button. i just made word? that term up <laughs> i don't know i think that's a term hot button. Uh, let us know out there if that's a term i'm pretty <laughs> sure it is anyway uh, then we'll get into that conversation, so I'm looking forward to that. So in terms of life updates, Ash, what do we have going on in our personal lives, if anything? Our wedding planning is in full swing. We're Hell, finalizing yeah. the invitations to be sent out this week. Hotel blocks and reservations are set. Photographers, photographers videographers getting all their information. Bachelor bachelorette parties and uh -oh. most fun the honeymoon. We're going oh, to Hawaii. Yeah. We're Hell booking yeah, our we flights are. today. Yes, we are. Uh it's gonna be amazing. Super pumped about the honeymoon. Everything else is just one of those things you have to do, you know. The, That's uh, not not, true. not the bachelor bachelorette party, but the invitations, the hotels. Like you just gotta do all that stuff. You just yeah. gotta get it done. You're you're not doing it. What do you mean? <laughs> Ashley is uh just so everyone knows and, and we're all on the same page. She is convinced that i have done nothing for the wedding meanwhile back when we first got engaged i did a lot of the planning i'm remind me what uh <laughs> the photographer the videographer but all of that changed because of the well i did it the first time around <laughs> so i definitely contributed but, but not what's actually happening so okay anyway we both put in some effort into it we're getting there you can take credit for majority You've done of the it rings. now okay that's a big deal <laughs> we don't need rings i don't wear it. Oh, okay great so i'm glad i invested <laughs> that money kidding. anyway we're continuing okay. on uh but yeah so crazy to think that's finally happening so we're I looking know. forward to that in june and then in terms of ballistic uh we finally I know. sorted out all the issues we had on our first round of apparel. So God bless. Uh, <laughs> we have finally fulfilled all those orders. We were having issues on the back end with supply chain and getting the garments in, but that is done and over with. 
And so now we have formulated a plan to ensure that doesn't happen moving forward. So be on the lookout in the upcoming weeks for a second apparel launch mm-hmm. that will not have any delayed sh- shipments. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then business coaching is already moving the needle. We're seeing success with that. Mm-hmm. And you're crushing it with our objectives. Thanks, babe. Of course. So Ash is killing that. And then uh, in terms of our personal programming, our personal training, uh, it's been going extremely well. Your back is feeling better than Mm -hmm. it had in recent months. And uh, we've actually been following the Perform program for about the last two months. You have. Right. But for the majority, you have just recently. In the recent month, you had to adopt... Uh, a new a new program so that your back could recover a little bit yeah but overall we've been following perform we're just a month ahead of everybody we're one phase ahead mm-hmm. of the perform track so we're basically thank god because the workout i did yesterday i was like you're gonna have to change that for people <laughs> <laughs> that's why we do it a month ahead of time uh but yeah so things are going well there with our personal training and programming as well but uh, are you ready to dive into the conversation? I am. I just realized you did these notes on notes, not word. Oh, yeah. We're switching things up. I've oh. been doing a lot of work on notes. I love notes. So much better than word. Literally. Like I use them for everything. Speaking of notes, I want to know out there, hopefully someone will actually comment on this <laughs> and reach back out to us about it, or we're going to have to put a poll up on Instagram or something. Do y'all use Microsoft Word and like use the Microsoft Suite like Word excel powerpoint or do you use the apple suite of pages numbers Mm. keynote i can put it on our instagram i just am really curious because i just bought a new macbook pro i actually just got one for my birthday and i don't have microsoft suite on it so everything is pages numbers and keynote and i really like all of those platforms or all those uh programs but a lot of people still use excel word and uh, PowerPoint, and you can't convert one to the other, at least not that I'm aware of. So I'm just curious which route I should go. Yeah. So we're going to find out. Uh, But overall, notes is still the bomb. Put everything in notes, pin the important shit up at the top. That's the way to go. Yep. Okay. Uh, Anyway, back on track here. The conversation today, we're talking about how long it takes to see results. Boom. I bet people are going to be a little in shock after this episode. Did you hear that hot button? That hot button line right there? <laughs> no, but is that what you said? Hot button? Yeah. <laughs> Every time you say it, I'm like, what? We don't know if that's a real term, but we're going to roll with it today. Uh, anyway, so I wanted to talk about this because the large or vast majority of people we speak with, including many of our clients, enter into fitness programs, nutrition coaching, whatever kind of program it is, with unrealistic expectations. Mm -hmm. And because of those unrealistic expectations, they have this preconceived notion that results should be rapid. There should almost be instant gratification associated with these types of programs. And, you know, it's it's not their fault. Mm -hmm. Most folks just don't understand the rate that adaptation should occur because they see these incredible transformations on Instagram, on Facebook, where whatever platform they they frequent, in what in which an individual went from you know twenty to thirty pounds overweight to being ten to twelve percent body fat and having a great physique in thirty, sixty, ninety days, uh, but what people don't consider is the restrictions and the behaviors that those folks had to uh, partake in in order to achieve those you know 
substantial results in that amount of time. Mm -hmm. And regardless of the goal, whether you're talking muscle gain, weight loss, performance enhancement, it's incredibly important to understand and establish realistic expectations from the very beginning. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one of our main priorities when we first have clients sign on with us is setting those realistic expectations. It's actually, I want to say the second bullet point in our welcome email. There you it's go. like based off of your goals, your history, like these, this is what's going to be realistic expectations. And, and that helps determine like how we recommend, do we think you're going to be best working with us for three months, six months, 12 months or, or longer, depending on your history. Yeah. And what is our average, like our average member, how long they sticking with us? I think yeah. our retention is, is, it's like six or nine months, somewhere in that range. Uh, it, I was going to say, I mean, we're coming up on a lot of people longer than a year. I'd say six to 12 months, but I'd say those tw 12 months and later, I wouldn't say they're working with us because they like they need us. Yeah, they're working point. with us because they like the accountability. Exactly. We have that relationship and it's just part of their life. Yeah, Does exactly. that make sense? And we're about to review our numbers today, so we'll have a better idea of that because uh, we should know that right off the top of our head. But it's the end of the month, so we haven't checked those out. So anyway, uh, the way I thought we could break this conversation down is to divide it into two categories, and then maybe we can dive down some rabbit holes or go on some tangents for each one. Mm -hmm. uh, but the easiest way to do this is to break it down into trained and untrained individuals or whatever title you want to put on it, conditioned, deconditioned, advanced or novice, you know, experience and experience, but really go on both ends of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. So for the untrained or deconditioned individuals, we're talking about folks who have been training from zero to six months. So anybody that's been training less than six months, we're going to lump them into this category. Mm -hmm. Now for these folks, just as a general recommendation, in order to just see adaptations, if you fall into this category, you only need to be training two to three days per week. That is going to produce results. And then we'll get into the actual rate of that progress. But, um, Another important thing to note is that this group of individuals, they have the greatest adaptation potential, meaning they're going to show rapid gains in whatever program that they partake in. Yeah. And the reason for that is their body hasn't been stressed. It hasn't been overloaded. It hasn't had to adapt to anything in terms of training and nutrition to where, yes, they're going to see substantial results because their body is not accustomed to anything that they're throwing at it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Perfect. It's like the best. That's I'm so envious of like untrained deconditioned it's people. It's the honeymoon phase. It really is. It's it's such a great time. It's the golden. I just remember it when I even first started CrossFit. Yeah. Like I was trained and conditioned in other ways. But right. But not at that intensity, not at that yeah. volume, not those such movements. Such a good time. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I always joke with people and call it the golden years because it yeah. does last for quite a while or the golden months, you could say. Uh, anyway. Something that uh, a lot of folks aren't aware of is that during that time period from zero to six months of your fitness and nutrition journey, and more relates to fitness here, but the, all of those quote unquote gains that you see, the, the strength gains that you experience per se, they're not coming from actual 
physiological adaptations in terms of your skeletal muscle, mm-hmm. right? in terms of your muscle tissue. The research has shown time and time again that from the first three to eight weeks of a training program, when you're starting to feel stronger and feel you know, just better as a human being, it's not due to increases in strength. It's due to neurological adaptations that are occurring that allow you to generate more force that uh, enable more muscle coordination with your contractions and allow greater motor recruitment. Mm -hmm. Those three things, greater generation of force, muscle coordination, and motor recruitment, that's what's making you feel stronger and that's what's allowing you to increase weight in some of these exercises. It's not the fact that you put on lean mass in those first three-day weeks. Mm -hmm. The chance of that happening are pretty slim. Yeah, you have to be a genetic... Right, a genetic freak. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and But a lot of people will hop into these 30-day shreds, these 60-day challenges, and they'll think that whatever program they follow, whatever movements they were doing, that was the secret stuff. Like on mm-hmm. Space Jam, when they go into the final match, the final, I said match, the final game, and they have, quote-unquote, Mike's secret stuff. But what Bugs, the, what no one knows is that Bugs just switched it with water. Or maybe it was Michael Jordan that just switched it with water. So everyone thinks it's this magic shit that made them super strong and super fit in four to eight weeks when in reality it was neural adaptations yeah. that produced those results. I've never seen Space Jam. Go on. <laughs> what? I told you that. Okay. Uh, this is awkward. <laughs> I, I want I'm to like l- shaking my head. I'm like, yeah, I remember that. I mm-hmm. want to leave, but... <laughs> I don't think I can in the middle of this episode. So uh, if ballistic shuts down tomorrow, guys, you know why. Hey. Uh, and <laughs> anyway, uh, now in terms of the timeline of adaptations, in terms of what you can expect, if you're someone that falls in this deconditioned, this untrained category, uh, I broke this down into like four week segments. Now, it's this isn't an exact science. This is just to gauge the help gauge the conversation. But in the first one to four weeks, you're likely going to experience changes in body weight, and that's due to water loss or anything associated with water retention, right? I think a lot of people have experienced that, where they they start eating more whole, nutrient-dense foods, cutting out the processed, uh, refined garbage, and they drop 5, 10 pounds in the first month, and they think it was this miracle when really a lot of that was water retention, Mm -hmm. right, and shedding that excess water weight. And then you'll also experience those increased, quote-unquote, increased strength, but again, that's due to neurological adaptations. Mm-hmm. Well, then as you continue to progress, let's say you get into weeks five to 10 of this program. And alongside of this, you're probably adjusting your nutrition, which is what you should be doing. You'll likely see changes in circumference measurements at that point, because now you're, the water retention or the water loss has adjusted and you're starting to be more consistent in what you're doing, and now your body composition is actually changing, and you'll probably even start to see some aesthetic appearance changes, like some changes that you can actually see in the mirror, depending mm-hmm. on how how many, uh, let's say this, depending on the level of restriction and consistency that you have. Yeah, I still think it's important to make a note during that phase, like, it's still going to be very minimal. Like oh yeah. That's early, early on. Yeah, super minimal. That's why and that's why I mentioned the level of restriction. Like there could be more substantial results, but 
are those maintainable? Mm -hmm. Is that realistic? That's why Ash's note right there is really important. It is going to be very minimal, but you might start to see those changes occur. And then from weeks, you know, 10 onward, you will start to experience actual changes in muscular strength, cardiorespiratory endurance, uh, due to physiologic adaptations that are occurring in your muscle tissue, in your cardio uh, respiratory system. Like that's actual physiologic change that's making you fitter and healthier. Mm -hmm. But again, even at 10 weeks, it might be minimal. It's mm -hmm. not going to be these drastic uh, changes that you see like people posting before and after pictures on Instagram. Yeah. Like 10 weeks, let's it's... just round it up and say 12. That's three months. Yeah. In three months, some people think they can go from 30 pounds overweight to a six pack. Mm -hmm. That's usually not the case. No. Uh, anyway, so all of that said, in terms of appropriate rates, meaning like the rate of progress, when we're talking weight loss, and this is something that you uh, probably talk to a lot of your clients about, Ash, on the nutrition side of things, is a lot of people don't understand what realistic and we'll call it quote unquote healthy weight losses or sustainable weight loss, right? That's somewhere around 0.5 to 1% of your body weight per week, meaning like half a pound to two pounds per week max for most people. Yeah. And two, even two pounds per week is on the aggressive side of things. Yeah, it might like happen for a week. But if that's consistently every single week, we probably are changing a little bit too much too quickly. Yeah, and that's likely more for the men than the women. Women tend to and have a And if you have lower... a lot of weight to lose. Right, absolutely. And women tend to have a slower rate uh, mm -hmm. of weight loss. It could be less than a, you know, 0.5 pounds all the way to a pound. Mm -hmm. And so less than men, but still very, very sustainable rate of progress there. It isn't going to be three, five, seven, ten 10 pounds per week. That is not realistic, not sustainable. You are going to run into a brick wall mm -hmm. trying to, you know, maintain that level of progress through an entire lifetime, you know, or yeah. even a short period of time. Now, when it comes to muscle gain... It's very dependent on age, sex, genetics, you know, consistency, intensity, volume, all of these factors play a role. But overall, if we were to lump it all together, for men, maybe it's one to one and a half percent of body weight per month. Mm -hmm. So not per week, but per month. So if we break that down into pounds for the average male, we're talking a pound and a half to maybe two pounds. Mm -hmm. And even on the, the pound and a half to two pounds side, that's being extremely consistent. It's engaging in a lot of physical activity, engaging in very regimented nutrition. You're going to need to be putting in the work to achieve that. Yeah. And with muscle gain comes muscle, or not muscle fat, comes gaining fat. Right. Just because um, you're in a caloric surplus. Yeah. So like that one and a half to two and a half pounds of muscle most likely means, I forget the exact number off the top of my head. It means most likely you're gaining it's probably like at least five, two pounds of fat. Yeah, two to five pounds of fat. Oh, uh, more than two pounds. I think it's like five to ten. Okay, like yeah, it's pretty significant. I was thinking more like the one pound. You're gonna have at least two pounds of fat mass that are in addition yeah. to it. But yeah, you're you're probably closer to that. So the point of that is, very very few people can gain just lean mass. Yeah, it's I, almost I guess impossible. It is a little more um, likely if you are untrained. 
Yeah, it's it's likely, yeah. but it's very, very difficult. Yeah. Because you do have to be in a caloric surplus. And then for women, it's even less than that. It's like half a percent to three quarters of a percent of body weight per month. Mm-hmm. So if you break that into pounds, it's way less than one pound. So if you're a female that's trying to gain lean mass, it is a process. Mm-hmm. Same for males, but with females, even more of a process. It requires a lot of patience. Yeah. Now, that was all for the untrained people who have been training for less than six months. Mm-hmm. Now, for individuals that have been training consistently or conditioned individuals per se, we'll, we'll call this anybody who's been training for more than 12 months. So if you've been training for at least a year. What's in that in between then? <laughs> six to 12 months? It's that limbo land. Yeah, <laughs> okay. We're, just for the sake of the conversation, we're <laughs> skipping to 12. Okay. You're still pretty much untrained if you're less than a year. I well, gotcha. Well, at least in my opinion. So anyway, skipping ahead 12 months plus or one year plus. Now, in order to garner adaptations in this category, if you're someone that's been training for at least a year, two to three days a week isn't going to cut it anymore. Mm-hmm. Your body has adapted to that stimulus. It needs to be exposed to greater stress. It needs to be overloaded to a greater degree. And that doesn't just come from volume or just intensity, but in general, you're likely needing to train four to six days per week to experience some progress. Mm -hmm. Now, in terms of the timeline, again, breaking it down at like these four-week intervals, the first four weeks are purely neurological adaptations and improvements in technique Mm -hmm. that are a result of those neurological adaptations. If you've been training consistently for a year, three years, five years plus, in the first one to four weeks of a new program, you're not getting stronger. Mm-mm. I'm sorry, but it's just not happening. You're not going worst. to PR <laughs> in the first four weeks of this program. You're you're undergoing neurological adaptations and improvements in technique. I was going to say point. you might PR because of the neurological adaptations. Maybe, but even at that point, yeah, four weeks in, it's it's tough. Yeah. Now, I mean, hell, when was the last time you PR'd anything? Uh, probably two years ago, maybe. I was just going to say mine's probably two years ago. Uh, well, as long as, so let's say you continue on now you're in that new program. It's the five to 10 week range. Mm -hmm. Again, even at that point, still primarily neurological stuff going on, right? You're still learning how to recruit more muscle tissue or more motor units. You're still improving your core to extremity muscle recruitment, you know, that coordination, and you're learning how to generate more force. Mm-hmm. All of that comes, or all of that then results in greater technique, and you're able to maybe move some more load. But again, it's not due to actual changes in your muscle tissue at that point. You're not gaining muscle fibers at that point, or increasing the size of your muscle fibers, meaning hypertrophy or even hyperlasia at that point. Mm-hmm. So then you get on to 10 weeks plus. So now you're about three months in. This is where, once again, now at that point, we may start to see some actual physiologic changes to skeletal muscle, the cardiorespiratory system, actual changes to your fitness and your health. Mm -hmm. But again, that's not even guaranteed. If you've been training for multiple years, at that point, the the progress, it's such marginal gains that it's really just about consistency across the rest of your training lifetime, the rest of that training program that's going to move the needle just a little bit here and there. Yeah, yeah. And I think going back to what I said a little while ago, you can be like a trained or conditioned individual doing a certain type of exercise. And then if you completely change 
then that you could bump back to that untrained. So like I'm thinking of a client this week where ta- she's doing a lot more Olympic lifting focus. And so like, yeah, she's been training for two plus years, but her coach was like, Hey, I think you can start adding more weight. And she is making significant jumps because she's doing something else. So she's technically like trained, conditioned in one type mode of fitness Right, so modality plays a role. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So d- modality definitely dictates a lot of what we're talking about here. Uh, now, in terms of appropriate rates of of weight loss and weight gain in the in this population, mm-hmm. first and foremost, as a general, you know, rule of thumb, anybody out there who has trained for long periods of time, the leaner you are, the slower the rate of fat loss. Mm-hmm. It's just. And the more plateaus you're going to experience. That's just how it is. Mm-hmm. You've got less, you're starting with less fat mass to, to essentially, quote unquote, burn off. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you're, in order to lose those last five to 10 pounds, everything has to be that much more dialed in. Yeah. You when just you're, have to be so much more consistent. Yeah. When you're untrained, you can be at 70 to 85% consistency or adherence. And still see substantial mm-hmm. improvements, substantial progress. But when you've been training for long periods of time and you're trying to lose that final five to 10 pounds, it needs to be 85 to 100% adherence. Yeah. It needs to be incredibly consistent efforts. Yeah. And I honestly think that might be one of the hardest conversations I have with clients. Or I don't want to say hardest conversations, but hardest thing for them to wrap their mind around because they're like well one a long time ago like it wasn't like this and it's like well I know but you don't have as much weight to lose now and your body has already adapted to that initial weight loss so you're older yeah yeah (laughs) there's so many things and it's just I mean even personally I'm like you don't like it you don't want to know that like it stinks Mm -hmm. but it's the research is the truth. <laughs> yeah. And I think you can correct me if I'm wrong. The reason that conversation is so difficult is because you're speaking with someone, and this could go for us if we were speaking to a coach of ours. You're speaking with someone who does engage in a lot of healthy behaviors and habits. Mm-hmm. Someone who is very consistent in their nutrition, who trains five to six days per week, who lives a physically active lifestyle, who eats whole nutrient-dense foods, and you're essentially telling them, hey, that's not enough. You're yeah. not doing enough. You're not sacrificing enough. You're not being, you know, regimented enough. And that's tough to say when you know that your life is already very well structured around health and fitness. I was going to say, and it's also hard because they might not be willing to do what it takes. Right. And I think that's where it's like, you can make this happen. But is it worth it? Because it's not, it's most, in most cases, it's not sustainable. Right. So you have to realize that it's going to be for a period of time and that's it. And that's another reason why, going back to what we said at the top, where they don't set realistic expectations because yeah. they don't know any better. Yeah. They truly don't. They look at the the Fitzbo on Instagram who has a six pack and is just shredded from top to bottom. They look at that and think, I can get there doing X, Y, and Z, but what they don't realize is they have to do A through Z to mm-hmm. get to that point. They have to sacrifice way more than they understand, not in terms of just fitness and nutrition, but lifestyle overall. Mm-hmm. To get to that level 
of having a six pack walking around at five to six percent body fat if you're a guy, ten to twelve if you're a girl, you're monitoring every single thing you eat. You're training more often and more frequently at you're higher sl- intensities. Sleeping seven to yeah, nine hours. You're sleeping per seven night. to nine hours. You're basically putting your entire identity into your physique unless you're some kind of genetic freak yeah. who can do all of that with with less effort but that's what people don't realize is they want the six pack but they don't realize six packs mean no beers on the weekends with your friends yeah or There's not they a lot can't of have balance. that glass of wine every night yes balance is out the door mm-hmm. okay so anyway with <laughs> weight loss for that category we got on a tangent there in trained individuals it's not very different from untrained individuals in terms of what's realistic and what's appropriate weight loss, right? Because even though you're more trained, it's going to take more dedication and more consistency. And the rate at which you lose the weight doesn't really change. Your mm-hmm. body needs to have a pretty consistent or uh, moderate weight loss. So it's still 0.5 to 1% of your body weight each week. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't really change depending on the population because regardless of what happens or how trained you are, you need to have a slow, steady, maintainable rate of weight loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like to say like half half a pound to one pound per week. Yeah. And again, that's it's so dependent on how much weight you actually have to lose. Like the, I personally, for a lot of our clients, like I'd say that's still ambitious. Yeah, for sure. And again, that only occurs with extreme adherence, mm-hmm. 85 to 100%. Now, in terms of muscle gain, again, this is dependent on all those factors we talked about, age, sex, genetics, consistency, intensity, volume. But it substantially drops of what to expect in this population. Know, this is the worst. Right? So <laughs> like, men and women who uh... are well-trained, conditioned athletes you can expect to gain significantly less weight per month, even with great adherence. Yeah. For Where, men, it's 0.375 to 0.625 pounds per month. And if someone's listening thinking, how did you get those decimals? We got this information off of multiple research studies and off of precision nutrition as well. So like these have this has evidence to back it up. Yeah. But the way to think of it is it's half a pound or less. Mm-hmm. Half a pound or less per month for men <laughs> if they have 85 to 100% adherence. Yeah, yeah. And what is it for women? <laughs> 0.16 to 0.25 pounds per month. So less than a quarter pound. Yeah. So oh, if you man. remember back when we were talking about the the deconditioned individuals, they, poten- they have the potential to gain a pound and a half to two pounds per month if their adherence is on point. And women, like half a pound to a pound. And then we're dropping down now in the trained individuals to less than half a pound for the men per month and less than a quarter pound per women per month. Yeah. So substantially less. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's so important to understand the, you know, the physiology behind that and why that happens and to know that, okay, this is a process. Mm -hmm. You know, this is going to take some time. Now, in terms of overall considerations, additional considerations, regardless of which category you fall into here, there are factors that make fat loss a lot harder, Mm -hmm. and there are factors that make muscle gain a lot harder. And a lot of them are very similar, but for fat loss, 
your age plays a huge role. Mm-hmm. The older you are, the harder it is to decrease body fat. Doesn't mean it's impossible. Mm-hmm. Still possible, but it takes a lot more consistency and adherence. Uh, sex makes a big difference. Men typically can lose more fat than women. Uh, lean body composition. So the leaner you are, the harder it is to lose weight or mm-hmm. to lose fat mass. Your activity level. If you have a low activity level or you live a sedentary lifestyle, it's going to be much harder to decrease body fat. And that's talking about like walking yeah. as well. Like, yeah, steps, not, right? Yeah. Just living a physically active lifestyle, not sitting your ass on the couch all day long. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're not doing any resistance training, so the type of training, the modality of training impacts it, you need to be engaging in resistance training as well as cardiorespiratory exercise. If you're inconsistent in your efforts, that's going to make fat loss significantly harder. Mm-hmm. Anything that in regards to excessive stress, uh, even sleep, right? Anything less than seven hours, it's going to make fat loss even more difficult for you. And so all of those factors, and there's several others, make a huge difference in your ability to decrease body fat mm-hmm. or to lose weight. Now, in terms of muscle gain, again, very similar. Age plays a huge role. If you're over the age of 40, it's going to be significantly harder to increase lean mass. Uh, again, females have a more difficult time increasing muscle mass. Your bone structure plays a role. Like, what's the frame of your body look like? Uh, your activity level, once again, inadequate training or resistance training, meaning you're not engaging in enough. You're not overloading your body enough. There's no progressive overload. Any inconsistencies, uh, again, poor recovery, excessive stress. So again, very similar factors, but those things do impact your ability to either lose weight or gain muscle. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I think to summarize all that up, it's really just understanding that this is a process right? That requires patience Mm -hmm. and it's going to take longer than you anticipate. Whether we're talking weight loss or muscle gain, any kind of results, any kind of progress, it is going to take longer than you anticipated unless your coach or you did an amazing job of understanding what realistic expectations were going into that program. Mm -hmm. Also, regardless of the goal, you need to set those realistic expectations. Mm -hmm. Even if you have an idea of, okay, this is realistic, this isn't, you actually have to have that honest conversation with yourself and write out those goals that are realistic, that are appropriate. Yeah. Okay, uh, what's next on there? Uh, That basically like your training age will significantly impact the rate of adaptations. Yeah. I mean, when you're 18 to 22 years old, 25 years old even... Your body, I always joke around and say it regenerates overnight. You recover substantially faster. And so as you age, it is going to impact your ability to make changes to your body, right? A lot of, you'll hear a lot of people say like, once they turn 30, it all went down and from there. That doesn't have to be the case, but it definitely changes. You have to be more, again, you have to have greater adherence. You have to be more consistent and regimented in your efforts. So age definitely impacts that. So if you're someone who is 40, 45, 50 plus, you can't expect to see some of the results that you're seeing on Instagram, Facebook, et cetera, from these 25, 26, 27 year olds who are also engaging in incredibly restrictive behaviors that aren't sustainable. Yeah. Uh, Also, you know, what what we mentioned earlier, well-trained individuals require greater adherence. You, if you are well-trained, you are going to have to be even more regimented with your efforts, more consistent. 
I don't want to say restrictive, but you're going to really have to have it all dialed in if you want to see substantial change. Now, uh, something else to note as, as a recap here is that the rate of adaptation can be manipulated, right? But there are trade-offs that are associated with that that you have to consider. That's what, we, that's what we're talking about when we say realistic rates of progress. Now, you can achieve rapid weight loss. Mm-hmm. It can happen. That's why you see those crazy transformations on Instagram, Facebook, but that behavior is not sustainable. If yeah. you're restricting calories, let's say, you go from, let's just make the math easy. Let's say you go from eating 2,000 calories a day and immediately, immediately you drop down to 1,200 calories a day. Oh, That's gosh. an 800 calorie deficit, which no one should be eating 1,200 calories a day. But that 800 calories, if I sustain that over the first 30 days of this program, there's going to be substantial weight loss because mm-hmm. I'm in a severe caloric deficit. And maybe, let's just say that individual loses 20 pounds, okay? That 20 pounds, they cannot sustain that. Mm-hmm. They were engaging in behaviors that are not realistic, that are not, you know, quote unquote healthy in any way, that put immense amounts of stress on their body, and that is going to result in a relapse. It's going to result in them either gaining all of that weight back or falling into terrible, terrible habits and developing poor relationships with food. Mm-hmm. So yes, you can impact the rate of progress, but at what cost? Yeah. What are you sacrificing? What are you restricting in order to achieve that? And could you even possibly consider maintaining that for longer than those initial 30 days, 60 days, whatever it may be? Yeah. Did you have something to add there? I no. You did. Okay. Uh, and then I think really the last two are numbers aren't the only way to measure progress, Right. Don't allow just the numbers on the scale to influence whether or not you're being successful. Don't allow just progress pictures to dictate whether or not you've been successful in your efforts. There are countless data points, so to speak, that we can utilize to to know whether or not we are moving in the right direction. And it doesn't always boil down to the numbers. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's as simple as how do you feel? How do your clothes fit? Those sorts of things that are the greatest indicators of success. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, But then lastly, it's all about sustainability and consistency. Absolutely. doesn't matter where you're at on the journey. Those are the two things that are going to allow you to win. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. Awesome. Well, anything else to add there about that subject? I don't think so. No. Sweet. Well, hopefully that provided you guys a little context as to what to expect from your programs, what's realistic. Um, and just really put yourself in a good mindset going into the next phase of your training program, your next training program, your next coach, and just understanding what you can expect and a healthy mindset to have to keep you motivated and driven and consistent throughout whatever that process is. Mm -hmm. Love it. Uh, All right. Well, guys, as always, we appreciate you tuning in and we will see you next week. Bye, y'all. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Whether this is your first time tuning in or if you're here with us each and every week, we cannot thank you enough. If you enjoy what you hear, please head over to iTunes, leave us a five-star review, drop a comment in there as well. Like, tag us, share the episode across Instagram, Facebook, uh, whatever platform it is that you frequent because that is how we reach more people and change more lives through this platform. If you don't follow us across all the other media platforms, 
Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Make sure you get on there. Search us at Ballistic Performance. We'll pop right up. We are always doing everything possible to put out valuable content that you can take with you and apply to your health and fitness journey. So once again, I want to thank you guys. We love you and we'll see you next week.